Welcome back. This is Edward Reeves' Buddhist Books, Readings, uh, Pali Scriptures, Part 7. Episode 7? I don't know. Um, if this is your first time seeing me, click here instead. That's the whole Buddhist Books playlist. Start with Episode 1 of Dhammapada. Just start at the beginning of the playlist. And then you can just sit and watch for... I don't know how many hours at this point. Let's do some quick math. Approximately six and a half, seven hours, because these more often go over 30 minutes, not so much under 30 minutes. How are you guys? <sighs> I'm feeling kind of emotionally raw and vulnerable for some reason, but I did my sun salutations, trying to add one every day. I'm up to nine. They seem to get quicker the more I add. This episode brought to you by, available all around the world, Except for Russia and China, you need a VPN. Anyway. Okay. Um, so, we've got our rose quartz wand, in case I feel like using it. And uh, let's jump right in for a change, shall we? Um, oh, <laughs> real quick, as promised, I, I listened to me, and I looked up, and I've got like a new element here where I've got a hidden screen. So if I feel like putting things here. So Buddha Gosa was a 5th century Indian Theravada Buddhist commentator. Now we know. 5th century. So that was a long time ago. That means 400s. Sometimes people say 5th century and they mean 500s. No. The 1st century started with 0 and ended with 100, basically. And then the 2nd century started with 101, ended with 200. So, you would not be wrong to say 2nd century if it was on December 31st of 200. But you would be wrong if it was on January 1st of 201. That's how that works. Anyway, as far as I know, comment below if I screwed that up. Um, so he was a 5th century Indian Theravadist commentator, translator, and philosopher. He worked in the great monastery, or Mahavir, uh, at Anuradhapura, uh, Sri Lanka, and saw himself as being part of the Vigabhajavada school in the lineage of the Sinhalese Mahavir. There's another Mahar, Mahavir who was, uh, I believe he was, that was the name of the man who started Jainism. So a little confusing when it comes to, you know, Indian names. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, Maha means great, Vir means something. I should know this, but I don't. I'm learning slowly, slowly. I've got to work in that 30 minutes of Rosetta Stone Hindi back into my routine. Um... So yeah, there's more than one. There's like a Chandragupta who took over India, not to be confused with a different Chandragupta who took over India 150 some odd years later or 80 or whenever it was. This was a long time ago. History is much longer and bigger and wider in India than uh, what what you know my folks back in Los Angeles are used to, where it's like way back when the Spanish were here, they built a uh, you know. Um, uh, church over yonder and they called it Nuestra Senora Regina de Los Angeles and then a hundred years later a guy named King Carlos said hey that's a good name for a city and then they built it and here we are the end that's the story and the oldest houses are like a hundred years old um, so yeah India's very different people are like oh yeah that just happened that just happened like 800 years ago you know or like 
you know, oh, that was only 1,100 years ago? Oh, okay, I thought this was old, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Let's jump right in, shall we, for a change. Okay, see, I've got this little thing, so I know where I am now. We're like upgrading our, oh, also, I wanted to find out once and for all, is it Mahakasapa or Mahakasyapa? So, let's hear from someone who maybe knows what he's talking about. Mahakasya. Mahakasya. I got to try to remember to uh, silence the A's at the ends of words in Sanskrit. Because they're silent. Why are they there? Don't know. Don't know. But I mean, there's weirder things that go on in English, right? All right. No need to like start listing those off because that's not what this is about. Um, there's a History of English podcast. I don't know if they're on YouTube, but if they are, um, if you saw nothing, that means they're not on YouTube. Okay. Oh, also, I wrote to... Um, okay, so I mentioned in the previous episode that there was an old Japanese guy who was a Zen master, Zen teacher, Zen patriarch, in fact, uh, who was a yoga teacher as well. And uh, his name is Osho, so that's confusing, right? Try looking up Osho Zen Yoga and see if you can find anyone except for, you know, Rajneesh Osho. Um, but, and I've already forgotten the rest of his name, but I'll go ahead and point to his channel. It's right there if you want to check it out. There's some interviews with him and a woman from somewhere. Um, she asks fun questions like about, you know, is Jesus real? And then he does his best to like, answer her questions. So that's fun. But you get to kind of see his personality and his face and voice. I only, uh, I think I only went to like three of his classes, but you know, he had an impact. He was the one who I showed a picture of these Kakejiku and he said, you went, you went to all those temples? And I said, well, no, these were a gift. They were given to me by a friend and her parents went to the to the pilgrimage. He says, that's cheating. That's, you know, you, you have to go on the pilgrimage. You, you can't just hang the banners and say, oh, someone else went on the pilgrimage. And I was like, okay. So, so, the, so I'm a fraud, you know, basically. So I did one or two things, um, but I didn't go on these pilgrimages. I didn't earn this. Um, and I bought everything else. Yeah, total fraud. Okay, here we go. The schools of Banakas also had their own views about the history of early Buddhism. E.g., the Diga Banakas said that the Bodhisatta saw all four Nimitas on the same day. I'm, I'm I'll be interested to find out how Bodhisatta and Bodhisattva, if they're the same thing, A and B, how the Bodhisattva concept fits into Theravada. Because in my ignorance right now, the Bodhisattva concept was introduced in Mahayana. But I think I'm wrong about that. So let's find out. Maybe, maybe you're wrong too, right? So I'm making this, as an ignoramus, I'm making this for people who are more ignorant than myself so that we can learn together, or people who are less ignorant than myself to feel superior and laugh at me. Either one, I consider that a success. Okay. Um, saw so all four uh, Nimitas on the same day. Footnote. Blah, blah, blah. 
we're going to ignore these footnotes because they're like jaw one fifth nine two zero it's like oh there's okay refers to the bibliography and this is from another book and we've got to buy that's what my dad calls uh, goose the head stuck ones goose chasing footnotes it's like oh oh okay we got to get that book now you know it's easier if you're in a giant library in Alexandria or something you can spend all day wandering around like getting books out of the shelf but or if you just you can find most of these texts on like the Gutenberg press but I'm a weirdo I like to have the book in my hand you know I mean, when it's important. I mean, I, I feel like I'm the Buddhist bookshelf I'm going to be using uh, for my whole life, I would imagine, right? And I'd like to be able to read it even when the electricity's out. Or the candle, why not? Who reads by candle? Oh, well, there's the sun, right? <laughs> yeah, that helps. Okay. Where were we? Yes. Yes. Uh, while the other Banas had other views. The Majhima Banakas gave a different reason. Did we already read this? No. They gave a different reason from the Diga Banakas for Ananda's late arrival at the council. Ananda was late to the council. Well, you know, in Suryangama Volume 8, there was something about uh, Patanji's daughter and Ananda. I bet that's why he was late to the council. Well, anyway. But that, that was written hundreds and hundreds of years later, so I, I doubt that it has any insight into these sorts of things. Okay, to judge from the way that Buddha Gosa, uh, we know vaguely who he is now, 5th century Theravadan, Sri Lanka, that was like, you know, now it's like there's Sri Lanka and there's uh, India, right? But back then, Sri Lanka was an island off the coast of India, but they didn't call it India. At least the people who lived here didn't call it India. Um, if you don't know about that, uh, I don't know what I just pointed to, but they'll, they'll explain the origin of the term India and why that's not actually what this is called. But now people call it that here too because the bridge came and made most people speak English and, well, you know, less than half everyone, but still. Okay. It's come to be. I think that's the official name of the of the country has the name India in it. But anyway, um, what? Oh yeah, Sri Lanka. I, I a fun little little thing I learned years ago is if you're if you go on uh, social media and you add yoga teachers from all around the world, Russia, Japan, India, the United States, Canada, South America, Antarctica, anywhere in the world. And then you, they accept your friend request or something. You say namaste. They'll say namaste back. But not if they're from Sri Lanka. They'll say, ah, no, you've mistaken me for an Indian. I'm from Sri Lanka. Ayugobhavan. Ayugobhavan. Something like that. It means like live long and prosper, but they don't say namaste. Everyone else in the world who practices yoga says namaste. The narcissism of small differences again. And... As mentioned before, there was no difference really between Sri Lanka and the rest of India back then. Except for, you know, at times a king would conquer some amount of territory. So I'd say, oh, well, this isn't under the that king. This is, you know, under this other king, whatever. Islands are usually harder to conquer in the old days. All right. Okay, let's try to stick to the text, shall we, Edward? Um, Ananda's late arrival. To judge from the way that Buddhaghosa speaks about them, the Banakas were still active in his day, but they seem not to exist today, at least not in Ceylon. 
It is likely that the growth of the practice of writing and the increasing use of MSS uh, made it unnecessary to keep up the schools which were dedicated to the recitation of the complete Nikayas entrusted to their care. All right. The Pali Vinaya Pitaka goes on to relate how, following a dispute over certain points of, the, of discipline 100 years after the death of the Buddha, a second council was held. So the first council was held, you know, one assumes shortly after the Buddha passed away so that they could say, okay, how are we going to move forward now that the source of our teachings isn't here? And then they had that whole thing. Well, I remember him saying this. Does anyone else? Yeah, yeah, he did say that. And everybody said, okay, yeah, he definitely said that. And then they would all say it together so that they could remember it. And then when they would repeat it later, they would say, thus I have heard and say it. So that's, that's the beginning of what we can call Theravada. Okay. <laughs> in the presence of 700 bhikkhus, so in the first council there were 500, and in the second council 100 years later there were 700. Not exactly exponential growth, but growth nonetheless. Uh, Revata asked the Tara Sabak, Sabakamin about the discipline. This council is described in the Vinaya as Vinaya Sangiti. The Dipam, the, the Dipavamsa calls it the Dhamma Sangaha, and it followed in this by the Mahavamsa. So yeah, when I first read this, I was just like, huh? But I'm hoping, one of the things I'm hoping is that by, by reading it aloud and then hearing, hearing it, re-listening to it, that eventually some of these words will stick and then, uh, you know, I'll gradually look them up and kind of figure out, okay, okay, that's referring to this. And then once all the polytexts come, then we can, uh, you know, maybe like there'll be a whole book that dives into just one, one thing that's being mentioned here. This book just sort of like brushes through everything. So it's just like, to me, it just feels a little bit like putting a bunch of Sanskrit words on little pieces of paper in a hat and then like pulling it out and throwing it on a piece of paper and putting English between them and then just words, 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 Sanskrit, words, 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 Sanskrit. But I don't know, it, something in here. Part of it is, as you may have noticed, like my own thoughts are always trying to push through and like, blah, I'm gonna think, uh, no, no, don't take over the word processing part of my brain. I need that for talking and thinking and talking in my head. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a struggle. But I, I don't know, it seems like a little bit of a Buddhist struggle, right? You know, if I can have the patience to calm, like uh, they say, and there's some overlap, I think, in the philosophies of yoga and Buddha, and the Yogacara school of uh, Yogacarya or Yogacara. I know those are two different things, but anyway, uh, there was a school of Buddhism that I want to learn about eventually. It came much later. It's not Theravada. It sort of came like as a development upon Mahayana, but it was like a merging of yogic philosophy and Buddhism. And it influenced the development of Tibetan Tantric Buddhism as well as Zen Buddhism, Chan Buddhism, which later became Zen Buddhism. But when you try to find like documents about Yogacarya or Yogacara itself, good luck. 
comment below if you know of one in English that I don't. Um, I'm I, generally I try to avoid like books that were written within the past like 20 or 30 or 40 years, uh, just cause, just cause I feel like I know those guys. I know what they smell like. I've hung out in the same cults as them, you know. So, like, what was it? Dion Fortune said that I I don't I don't uh, I don't acknowledge any gurus that are still alive, you know, or something like that. It's, that's sort of an emotional thing, but like, they, there's a guy. I when I, I wrote to the to you know the guy who I guess is running or at least running the the uh, you know the email correspondence for the temple that was you know founded by Osho, not Osho, but you know Osho, the one I pointed to earlier, the Japanese Osho, um, back in Los Angeles, and uh, I told him, hey, it's me. We corresponded briefly five years ago. And uh, I asked about the YouTube channel that I couldn't find. And he sent me that link, which is how you have it now. Um, and then he said, oh, we have a, we have a, a good friend who has a temple in, uh, in uh, New Delhi. And it's an, you know, another one of these older Japanese guys who spent years studying in China at various Buddhist temples. He dove deeply into Theravada. I think he was in Sri Lanka for a while. Then he was studying Tibetan Buddhism, and then now he runs an organization based in Dharamshala, uh, a popular place to base your organization. Uh, whether you're you know, based out of New Jersey and a total cult, or apparently Japanese Zen, or obviously the Dalai Lama. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm referencing um, something that uh, Matthew Remsky from Conspirituality was talking about, his ex-cult um, that sort of traumatized him. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, no, he they, that, that cult doesn't have a temple there, but they did like an event there. So it's a popular place to go have an event and then like invite people and say, for only $6,000, you can reserve your spot at our special event next year, a week-long intensive where I make you lose sleep and talk your ear off and visualize weird things with Vajrayogini and, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so this Japanese guy is based in Dharamshala, has a temple in New Delhi, but I'm still like, I still, I'm like, part of me is like, oh, that might be cool to visit, but I'm like, I don't know, unfamiliar spiritual guru types that, you know, that I don't know or that I don't know anybody who knows. I mean, okay, I know he's a friend of, he knew Osho, so, or knows Osho, uh, that Osho, not that Osho, not that Osho, not the one who wrote these books, but the, the other one, he only has a thousand followers on YouTube. Um, well, anyway, he, he knew him, knows him, and uh, has a similar background, but I still hesitate to, like, get in touch, because I... I don't know. I, I just feel more comfortable trying to figure it out on my own. And uh, part of that is just, I just don't want to get involved. And, you know, and so when someone, someone told me the other day or recently, you know, like, well, if you don't, if you don't uh, get into, into a lineage and you don't have a guru and you don't accept the empowerments and you don't take the oath, then you can't even really call yourself Vajrayana. You're more like Sutrayana. So... I felt like that was an insult. I felt like that was degrading. I felt like that was kind of uh, a put down and and the sort of thing that a person in a cult would say. Um, 
but you know, I, I uh, I'm still friends with the guy. So if you're watching, sorry, I'm, I'm still processing what you said. Uh, but anyway, I don't think you're going to watch this. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm just embracing that. Okay, I'm Sutriyana. I'm a Pratyakabuddha, you know, path. Not not I'm not something with Buddha in the title, but Pratyaka. Pratyaka poser, uh, Sutrayana, intellectual yogi who's uh, trying to get there with books. I mean, but it seems like the sort of convenient thing that an ignoramus, you know, who just says, just look into my eyes and get the truth. Don't look at books, you know, like that was something I was told in 1993, 1994 was don't look at books. And I followed the directions because I was a dumb kid, you know. So, so I'm very skeptical. And uh, so I don't know. I don't think I'll actually get anywhere as far as enlightenment goes in this lifetime. Already kind of damaged goods as far as that goes. I'm not going to be able to come in like the starry-eyed young <clears throat> monk and say, shave my head and teach me Odokan, you know. I'd be much more like, what do you, what do you mean by that, you know, to the leader. So, yeah, I don't know. Then again, maybe it's better that way, right? Maybe I shouldn't be second-guessing what can also be thought of as a kind of wisdom. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and call this, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna stick this here and then we're gonna jump in where we left off next time and shift gears to where we left off in the Sasana Vamsa. Now I'll try not to talk so much. Okay, the uh, Mutika or table of contents at the opening chapter of the Sasana Vamsa seem to promise a general history of Buddhism beginning from the birth of Buddhism. The author gives a brief summary of the Orthodox Sinhalese tradition drawn from a few well-known uh, Pa works. The, did we read this already? Uh, well, I'm gonna go ahead and read it. The Anatakata, the, An, the Atakata, of the Mahavir in Ceylon, the Samantapasadika commentary of Buddha Gosa, we know who that is now, on the Vinaya Pitaka, the Mahavamsa, and the Deepavamsa chronicles, historical and religious of Ceylon. I'm just going to commit to saying Ceylon until I find out otherwise. Um, Events are brought up to the time of the Third Council in the time of Ashoka, I think, it's, it's A-C with a dot under it, Ashoka, Akoka, Ashoka Piyadishi, with a three next to it. Anyway, and the sending forth of missionaries from Patahaputra to, oh boy, what is that word? This is the one that's the photocopied uh, Pali Sutra shoved into a Word document. So, sorry, let me just... Nine? To nine different countries by the Terra Mahagaliputa Tisa. The latter history of the, the later history of the region is then followed in the, count, in the countries mentioned, a separate chapter being given to each. The whole of these nine chapters fall, roughly speaking, into two books or parts, which, by which division the scope of 
the Sasanavamsa as a history of Buddhism becomes clear. Part one, as we may call it, <clears throat> departing slightly from the order of the Matika, is a group of chapters of unequal length, mostly very short, and consisting of a few legends, strung together with quotations from Buddhaghosa and Vipavamsa. The accounts of Sihala and uh, the accounts of Sihala and and Suvanabum, um, however, show far more care and completeness. I think we're almost to the time of the year where I'm going to have to turn on that air conditioner. Haven't even turned it on yet because it was cold. And then the heater stopped working, and it was kind of like still cold, but then it was like, okay, it's not so cold, we need the heater. But now I feel like I shouldn't be sweating this much on camera. What am I, Nixon, going up against Kennedy than that first? Do you know about that? The uh, how, about, how many cards have I used? I'm not going to point to that. That's a ridiculous thing to point to. Um, yeah, people say that Nixon lost to Kennedy because he had a sweaty upper lip, you know. Because it was the beginning of uh, television. In fact, they kind of made reference to that in Back to the Future. Uh, that would have been, of course, before the election with Nixon and Kennedy. But Doc Brown figures out, based on seeing the, uh, the handheld 1980s uh, you know, home video camera, that uh, you know, if, it's, if there's just cameras everywhere, then of course the, the president has to be an actor, because you have to look good on television. So he figures that out in 1955, because he's a sharp one. Also, because the script was written in 1983 or something, revised and so on. I think it was a furnace before it was a DeLorean. Anyway, um, where were we? The whole of these names, okay. Fall roughly speaking, we already read that. The accounts of, okay. However, far, uh, show far more care and completeness or we should rather say more knowledge of the subject than the others of this group. Whatever I had just said, the accounts of Sihala and Suvanabum. That of Sihala is drawn chiefly from the same sources as the opening chapter, with some additions from a work of Burmese origin, Buddha Gosa Pati. Buddha Gosa Pati. It's Buddha Gosa plus Pati. Not, not Pati, Pati. Okay. Uh, for Suvanabumi, the author, it just reminds me of Bumi from uh, Avatar. Anyway, the author gives as his source the Atakata, the Rajavamsa, parentheses, probably the Pegu Chronicle, and lastly, the inscriptions dating from the 5th century of the celebrated Kalyas, Kalyani Sima, the remains of which still exist in a suburb of Pegu City. Where is Pegu City? Uh, probably in Sri Lanka, I guess, right? All right. Um, part two is the longer and more important. It takes up about three-fifths of the book. The Sasanavamsa, the book that I have in my hand that we can't read because it's not in English. There's no English translation. Why did it say that this was the English version of the Sasanavamsa when nobody's trans? Does anybody speak this? Does anybody, anybody watching this who speaks English as a second language uh, that I can like give money to translate the Sasanavamsa into English? 
Does anybody know about an actual English translation of Sasanavamsa? Why does it say Sasanavamsa on the front and claim to be English when it's not any of those things? Okay, sorry. Okay, so going back to talking about it by people who have read it but didn't bother to translate it for us. It takes up about three-fifths of the book, but consists solely of chapter six, okay, uh, which treats the history of religion in Aparanta, that is, in Marama, on Burma proper. Before this chapter is examined, a few characteristic traits of part one should be pointed out. <coughs> the resume, that's in italics with the accent, accent aigu, that one? Anyway, um, the resume of the early history of uh, Buddhism, including the three councils and the great schism, the great schism, uh, great schism, including the early history, the great schism. They had a great schism? Okay, all right, cool. No wonder Mahayana had to come along and say, okay, look, everybody, stop it with your schisms and your this lineage and that lineage. We're just going to have one big Buddhism. Lotus Sutra, love it or leave it. I get it, I get it. I mean, you know, it does kind of fit with that whole Joseph Smith analogy, but anyway. Okay, where were we? Uh, so there was a great schism, that's news to me. When it's great with a capital G, it's like, you'd think I would have heard of it, but I haven't. Uh, there was the great schism in, in Christianity when Rome and Greece split, and with Rome, of course, went like France, England, uh, Italy, obviously, Germany, Spain, Portugal, obviously, and... Uh, and then, uh, you know, Northern Europe, they later, yeah, well, anyway, they were less kind of connected. But anyway, then with Greece went Africa, the Middle East, Russia, China, like every other, the whole world except for like Western Europe went this way. And then Western Europe went that way. And what Western Europe had going was autocracy. They had a pope and what he said was fucking the word of God. And then, you know, the Greeks were... Yeah, voting and stuff, talking it out and saying, oh, I disagree, you know, oh, well, you can't say that because right here it says this. And so, of course, Rome took over the world. And uh, now history is repeating itself with Russia. Anyway, um, yeah, while well, the U.S. shoots itself in the foot over and over talking about it and debating and saying, oh, it says right here, oh, but you're a hypocrite. Oh, well, we're all hypocrites. I mean, if you judge them, then you have to remember what we did to the Native Americans. You can't judge Russia for taking over Ukraine. And they're done. Yeah, Ukraine's a colony of Russia now. So what were we talking about? Oh, we were shooting each other in the... Stupid, stupid. See, I'm from America, so I can talk shit, right? So can you. Everyone can talk shit and should. Anyway, uh, let's finish a sentence and then we'll close. Um, doo -doo -doo. This is about Buddhism. <laughs> right? And we, we already know it's in the mission statement. We're going to get nowhere with this. We're going to take a long time and uh, finally conclude that they're right. You can't get anywhere with books. No. I'm, I'm hoping that we'll get somewhere or at least... I don't know. I don't know. People have asked me why I'm doing this. I, I don't know. It's a process, a process toward what? I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to know this stuff and I, 
I don't. So I'm trying to learn it, but I don't want a teacher. So you see my see my problem. Um, yeah. Okay. Let the resume of early uh, of, the, of the early history of Buddhism, including the three councils and the Great Schism, followed by the rise of seventeen sects in the second century of religion, is seventeen sects. Okay. Little. I just added a little more sympathy for the author of the Lotus Sutra. Um, as I have said, drawn from well-known Sinhalese sources, but a few chronicle details are added from Burmese history, or rather legend. At the time of the First Council, the Mahatera Kasapa, or Kasap, Kasyap, is said to have established the new era. Okay, we'll close with that. Not the end of a paragraph. Okay, we'll finish the paragraph. Further, a certain Jambudipadaja is named as the king reigning at Tagaung, the ancient capital of Upper Burma, in the time of... Oh, that's not the end of a paragraph at all. That paragraph goes on for a long, long time. Um, at the time of... Ajatagutra, the friend of the Buddha. Okay, we're going to close there. And I'm glad I'm reading this because I'm learning, you know, details kind of surrounding that, you know, what is it that I'm searching for? I don't know. You know, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to know what it was that everybody agreed on in the beginning. And then, I don't know, I, of course, everything makes me think of Life of Brian. It's the shoe. No, it's the gourd. And how they're all dividing and killing each other, you know right after they've met Brian. <clears throat> if you haven't seen that, check out Life of Brian. I might have used too many cards. If so, then some of those times I pointed will lead nowhere. Okay, let's close. And don't forget to meditate. It's just friendly advice. I'm not giving commands or anything. I was going to say that at the beginning. I was going to say, turn this off and go meditate. Don't watch this. It's worthless. But not quite as worthless as everything else on YouTube. So, you know, if you're stuck to YouTube, then by all means watch this. Okay. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Thank you for going on this ride with me. And until next time.